Welcome to Live with Domery here at Domery Healthy and Fit. And today we have an amazing guest, Sarah Swine. She is an interior designer and life coach for promoting cohesive living. Stay tuned so we can learn how to have a better life with Sarah. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so happy to have you with us. Thank you. So, so you. everybody. I don't want to say good evening or good afternoon to you. Say it's afternoon to me, evening for you. So everybody, Sarah lives in the UK and it's 8 o'clock there? Absolutely, yeah, 8 p.m. Okay, 8 p.m. So thank you for staying up for us and joining us today on this amazing adventure and talking about what you do for a living. First, I would love to share how we met. We met last year in September in Maui at a retreat for learning to find yourself and learning how to live life. And we've been in con, oh, I should have put mine on today. And we have been friends ever since. And I'm so excited to bring to you today what she does for a living. So Sarah, you are an interior designer, coach and promotes cohesive living. Yes. Yes. So, tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so um, I suppose to explain, I probably need to go back a little bit to how I came to this. Okay. So, um, I have, I studied psychology. Yes. And uh, initially when I went into education, into teaching, primary school, I guess it's that kindergarten over there, so I taught age 7 to 11, and I really enjoyed that, but what I realized was I liked the personal development side of of things yes. so I stepped away then from teaching and I was looking into maybe educational psychology but in so doing I um, discovered a subject called occupational health psychology which looks at how the workplace impacts on psychological well-being so I started to see that connection between um, the places we spend our time and mm-hmm. and our well-being and and then sort of fast forward a couple of years we uh, we moved south. We were living in the Midlands, and we moved down south to just west of London for my husband's work. And mm-hmm. something that had been going on all the way for me is creativity. And so I actually did um, a qualification in interior design, but that was running alongside having one daughter and then a second daughter. So mm. things kind of you know carry on. So I was doing some interior design work, and. And then being full-time mum, really. And then about, it was uh, Boxing Day 2016, I had a cycling accident. It wasn't a bad Ooh. accident, but the injury was bad, which meant that I smashed up my arm and had to, because of how it worked, I just had to be still. Yeah. And could do for about two, three weeks. And someone said to me, um, embrace the stillness. I and love so that. that was, I thought it was really profound. She herself had been poorly, and I think that was her way of, of dealing with Embrace with that. the stillness. Embrace the stillness. I love and that. So it got me thinking, I went, okay, well, if I, the girls are older now, mm-hmm. I want to get back into sort of working. And I thought, well, what do I, which way do I want to go? Do I want to go into the, stay in the interior design, or do I want to keep working with people? Because I just love psychology and everything around people and behavior. And then it struck me that I thought, well, can't I do the two? Because it comes back to that belief 
that the spaces we've spent our time in not only impact our well-being, but there's this fundamental relationship between the two so that actually they they actually can give us clues to what's going on in our our life as well. So I um, did a life coaching certification. Okay. And then, and so the idea of cohesive living, which is what I call my business, was born. So I kind of combined the two. So I can, you know, if someone says, can you come and do some coaching, that's fabulous. And if you come and do um, interior design, that's fine. But now I start everything from the same place, whether we're going to do interior design or whether we're going to do coaching, we always start from the same place and that's somebody's home. That's that's amazing because your home says a lot about you. If it's like in in disarray, um, not to put my mom on the spot, (laughs) but mom, sorry, I'm gonna, uh, she is a hoarder and it's out of control and she's not well. And I know that most of us hold on to things that we don't need. That's why we need you. So the (laughs) fact that you actually combined both worlds is just incredible and you've been featured in magazines and congratulations <laughs> on getting on the magazine with george clooney <laughs> oh, i was like oh <laughs> yes i love it congratulations you are making a huge difference and whoever would have thought you you gave birth to this idea of the interior yeah. design and the wellness human part of what we need. Yeah. And and I think people do kind of understand both things. I'm sure a lot of interior designers would, would definitely be looking at people's well-being and, uh-huh. and their psychology as well at the same time. I suppose I'm just a bit more ex- explicit about looking at that, certainly at the start, and looking at all the areas before we really get down to sort of the nitty-gritty one way or the other. I, I think it's amazing. I, I Maybe I need to fly you out here to Cali. <laughs> and you need to help me analyze all the rooms in my house. So. Well, the, thing, the nice thing, well, not the nice thing, but the one thing that's come about through um, you know lockdown is that um, I, I've always been able to offer sort of uh, my, my sort of service over, over the internet, but I haven't really needed to. Like we do right now. Whereas, whereas now I kind of have, have been doing that with a, for a couple of clients and we've actually been able to do that sort of whole tour process as long as they've got the movable device so that they can show me around their house. Yeah. It, it works wherever we are. I love that. And I love that about your website as well. Oh, your okay. website is, one, extremely beautiful. I love the blues and the whites because it's so healing, those colors. And as you read through you can they can hire you from anywhere in the world and you can not only help them with their interior design you self help coach them to get through what their struggles are and those struggles sometimes go all the way back to our childhood and we don't recognize it until 10 years five years 20 years 50 years later and that's why we've got you Often, you know, um, mm-hmm. often find that I'm working with someone at a point of transition in some way. So there's a few people I've I've worked with who have recently um, been bereaved, for example, mm-hmm. or have separated. And so that's the process of just working through what they want their home to mean for them now, 
that other person isn't in it or they've moved to somewhere else mm-hmm. and you know starting at what what does this mean and um it's yeah that, that kind of transitioning point is often when things come up for people anyway isn't it but sometimes you can the home actually magnifies that either by what you keep in it or what you don't keep in it or or how you value certain parts of it or some people's parts of it more than other people's parts of it so um yeah it's it's fascinating <laughs> so how do you um how do you work with someone that you know is a hoarder that because that's a deep-rooted issue yeah well actually i wouldn't necessarily work with there are a group of people professional organizers Mm -hmm. who who, that's their main thing and even they would say that you have to have very specialist training to work with hoarding because it is a a specific mental health Mm -hmm. disorder okay so um i think if if I kind of started to work with all, I sort of went in and did a house tour and we realised that that was beyond normal just kind of hanging on to some things, yeah. um, then I would probably refer that person on to a more sort of clinical specialist. specialist but if it's okay. the case of um, you just got a lot of stuff, if it's not <laughs> to the degree, then I, I would tend to always start the way, I would always, when anybody, anybody says to me, oh, you know, I've got... It's actually rather than thinking, what shall I get rid of? Mm-hmm. I would start with the idea of what do I want to keep? What are the really special treasures in amongst all this kind of somebody? Well, there's two types of clutter. There's either clutter which is rubbish that doesn't mean rubbish. anything. It's like or stacks of paper. Yeah, exactly. In fact, just it doesn't work anymore. It's broken. It, but, but then there's another kind which is I would describe as stuff that just hasn't got a place. So okay. you work out the stuff that you really love, you want to celebrate that, and you can't celebrate if it's at the back of a box or it's piled, you know, underneath a load of, all, of other stuff. So let's find the stuff that we really want, and then actually as we start to realise the stuff we really want, then we can get rid of, it, it becomes easier to sort of let go of some of the other things that, that might be the, the clutter that needs to go. I love that. And I I think I'm going to start phrasing things differently. That one key word you said in the beginning, let's keep the things you love. Let's focus on what is needed and loved right now versus what's all the way in the back of the room under those boxes that you don't see, but it's, it's not helping you. Or find out what's down in the bottom of that box that actually would be good to bring forward. Mm. So there might be some stuff that you've, you know, so it's going through and gosh, this is a real, why have I got this on display? Well, I haven't got room, but this is more important to me. So actually let's clear the other stuff that I thought was important and actually it's but, not. This, yeah. is, this is what I want to have out. This is what works for me on emotional or functional level. So I love that. I think you should be part of um, a new marriage getting married like when like couples because right couples are now coming from their own like individual homes they're combining into a home and sometimes it's funny that and the reason why I'm asking this question is because I love interior design and shopping so I listen to people and it's I don't want that I don't like that that doesn't fit what I want and couples fight a lot about their first homes but what is it that they need to take the first step which is really hiring you 
to help them what's important, what is the end goal, and you help them build the board that you call a um, vision board. Well, I've got, yes, vision boards for sort of your life and then design boards for actually sort of your mm-hmm. your interiors, if you like. But I think actually the idea of combining those two is a brilliant idea because it's, I so I run vision, well, when we can all get together, I run vision board workshops as well because I kind of, mm-hmm. they're sort of like design boards for life. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. Then, with a design client, we have a design, we create a design board and so we know what the future view is going to be. And that helps us make the decisions along the way. So um, if we know that we want to watch um, TV in a particular room and chill out, then, okay, well, we're going to have a sofa over here, right? We need sockets over there. We need electric points here. So it's kind of you having that future view about how you want to use a room helps you make those decisions. And a similar thing with a vision board, but if you're looking at a live, it's like, okay, this is what I want. Therefore, it's going to help you make decisions. Yes, I do have to say yes to that job opportunity. Yes, I do have to go out and have a chat with that person. Actually, no, I need to go home now and get an early night because I want to train in the morning or whatever it is. So it would be quite an interesting process, I think, for couples to um, sit down and rather than getting stuck in the details of, I like that kind of sofa, but I like that kind of sofa, Mm -hmm. or I like pink and I like green. Um, about actually what's this room about for us as a couple how do we both want to be in the space together um, yeah and together and what do we want to do in it um yeah but most important how do we want to feel in it and then you start to go oh well, actually that kind of sofa that you liked works better doesn't it if we want to be kind of chilling out watching movies here mm-hmm. or actually yeah no your, your idea of having separate chairs because we want to have friends around and but we don't want to be sitting next week yeah that's better do you know what i mean so i think that's a brilliant idea yeah i think it is i think you should start going to all the like wherever anyone new couples get married and like totally be yeah you're like the first connection to becoming one because they live separate lives and they're bringing in old stuff from the whatever from each part and then you got to kind of figure out well that was us then but we're looking at us now so yeah yeah heck i wish i had you when i got married 30 years ago <laughs> well judging by your house it's turned out okay it's turned out okay um robert finally just really languished the everything to me except for his office right <laughs> i'm not allowed in his office well that's the other thing it's sort of um, someone asked me once, "What? How do you deal with couples who don't, who marry couples who don't agree?" And, and I said, well, "Usually, humor is the best. Humor is the best way to do it. To diffuse some tension. And me coming mm-hmm. in sometimes is is helps to do that a little bit because we get a bit stuck in our own sort of points of view. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. It's sort of the thing is, it is compromise, but it, you can't compromise within one room. Or you actually go, look, actually, you have the say of this room. I'm not so fussed." But I, this room's really important to me, so yeah, can I, you know, hands off that one? I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have this and go, yeah, okay, then that's fine. We'll work it that way. Exactly. Or we try, you know, blend ourselves into every single room. But it's having that conversation, being and being able to hear the other person because even if their style drives you, <laughs> then they're you mad. It's like <laughs> I still love. At the end of the day, you love that person. You want to be with them. So it's yeah. kind of like you can either just keep locked locking heads and disagreeing or actually you can try and create something 
that works for both of you. Yes, exactly. Um, I remember when we designed the office, we designed it for both of us because I was doing um, my own interior design business and then I couldn't take his side of the office. So we had like a joint desk and he had one side and I had the other and I finally had to move out. <laughs> <laughs> and then I built my little desk downstairs and then I've got my podcast station up here but yeah, yeah I couldn't do it yeah. and and it was better for me to move out than to continue to yeah. argue over his messy corner mm-hmm. now yeah. I just put two of my family members on the spot but yes exactly <laughs> so um, how would you how did you and are you handling COVID-19 and trying to help people during this crisis going on in the world today and because being in lockdown is scary and you're looking at the same stuff all day long. At one point, I don't know if this was good for me or not good for me, but I started moving furniture around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, how do you help us? Because I have a bad feeling we're all going back into some really bad quarantine situations again. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, one thing I'm really mindful of when I talk about anything like this is that there's, there's such a huge disparity by the kind types of homes that we're all isolating in. Um, mm-hmm. With the best will in the world, it's going to be easier to manage, you know, quarantine if you've got spaces and, and outdoor gardens or just an outdoor space to go to. Um, so always when I think about this, I always like start from the perspective of someone who is maybe, say, in a small flat. Yes. And and I think it's sort of about thinking about how we use our spaces. And I think that's the one thing mm-hmm. that lockdown has, has kind of got us to do, the fact that we're in our homes. Um, I mean, people will correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I sense we are looking at our homes in a different way and actually starting to realise what's in our homes that works and actually mm-hmm. suddenly realizing actually we've got this sorted this is great this has really worked for us it's helped the process it's easy mm-hmm. but there's other things that we've gone wow we've really let that slide because we're out to work exactly know, don't, don't notice it or we're back and and then all of a sudden other stuff's come into our, our world so you know lots of people are working from home now but a lot of people aren't and all of a sudden they had to, and they had to set up a workspace. So work has come back into the home. Our leisure activities have come back into our Right, homes, and know. all of our so children come, came home. Those pesky people, <laughs> you know, those little children who used to you know, clear off to school I was all like, day. wait a minute. I, <laughs> I just no sooner became an empty nester. I thought I was going to turn those rooms into something else. <laughs> But you're right. So it's kind of like you really got to love your environment because of situations like this. But it's difficult. And I feel like a lot of people today will be reaching out to you and wanting to do a via um, Instagram chat and then look through what how you can help them and walk through their homes with them and prepare for maybe the next big world shutdown yeah it'd be good to do a bit of a reboot or be able to help people do a bit of a reboot Mm -hmm. what have you noticed and and how has your help how has your home helped you and how has it hurt you hindered you over, over over this time and and actually is it um is it home issue or mm-hmm. is it a human issue? 
How what how do you say what is the difference? You just said is it house issue or human issue? So I suppose what I mean by that is actually is it something functional? If it's a hurt house issue, is it something that it's a dripping tap that has you know not you know keeps dripping, keeps dripping? Fine, when we're at the house, we now know about it. The bathroom doesn't work for us. There's what or a particular room I haven't got a space to concentrate in the quiet. Or actually, is it about the human interactions between us? Are we um, are we not respecting each other? Are we not respecting each other's needs? So it's kind of you know we're stuck in a space mm-hmm. all the time. And and okay, that hopefully that won't always be the case. Hopefully I things hope will not. get back to you know normality. But so um, we have um, shift is asking us right now. Shift mind, body, and soul um, are most are still in the same original shutdown. And that's yeah. true. And because we've yeah. been in locations where we haven't really been able to relocate because yeah. of either we can't fly where we want to go or we can't do that. So how can we move forward if we're in that situation as what Shift just said for Shift Mind, Body, and Soul? So, sorry, so the question being, how can we cope with being in, the, they've already been in their own same, like mm-hmm. flat or condo, yeah. where yeah, there's yeah. really no place to go and there's no outdoor living space. But when we do go outdoors, we're fearful. But how do we make our personal space help us yeah. in the next, because uh, it's coming, we, it's all over the news here. It's coming. We're going into another shutdown. Yeah. So yeah, how would you explain to shift my body and soul what to do in her environment or anybody's okay. environment? Okay. Um, I guess for me, it's sort of boundaries, I think, are the thing to have a, a think about. So that could be if you're living in a group of people, whether it's a family or housemates, it's about just being clear on where your boundaries are okay. physically and psychologically. And so, um, thinking about, I sort of think about who, what, where, when, if you're needing to sort of negotiate who, who needs to do what, where, and mm-hmm. when, and mm-hmm. how can we kind of make that work as, as a group, um, so that, you know, if, if two people are working from home, yeah. um, someone might need the quieter space at certain times, if the other person can be more flexible, Perhaps they can use it later. If someone needs to be, um, it depends on the type. So what, who, what, um, who, what, what work, where, they, yeah. Or are they, so what work are they doing? Are they doing very focused um, work that needs kind of more convergent thinking? In which case, for them to be sort of facing a wall, um, a little bit less distraction, then that space is good for them. But if someone needs to be more creative in their thinking, more divergent, then actually maybe that person can have the, the table, the kitchen table near the window or the space near the window um, or somewhere that um, is sort of a softer space which helps creative thinking. So when things are rounded or if there's a bit of a higher space or near, I'd say near the window so you can just at least feel that loftiness yeah. of, of, the, of the outdoors. Yeah. Um, and, and then also that kind of acknowledgement of, well, so who, what, where, who, what, where, yeah, so who needs to do what, where, but when, it's like, well, if you're doing a Zoom, um, an online Zumba class, 
that's not great if someone's trying to do their homework in the next room. So it's a, it's mm. that consideration of where the boundaries are physically. And if you but if you're on your own and it's just you, can you look at creating a new space? If, New spaces or different zones within your space. So even if you're in, as I say, I always go back to kind of the idea of just a, a, a tiny flat. Um, can you create different areas in your home so that you can at least delineate maybe the end of the working day with the start of leisure in the evening? Even if that's about making a commitment to yourself to put work things away. Where, what space can I use in my house where I can put that away and it's gone? And then I'm going to sit over here. And it's a comfier chair, it's much more, perhaps more texture, more tactile, it's more relaxing space. Maybe I put mm. a different a candle on when it's in the evening, it helps me relax. If I talk to family, it, when it's a friendly, relaxing conversation, I do it over here. Yeah. I create an environment. So you it's move different to different. The harder lines yeah. over here where I focus and get on with my work. Um, true, or, true. Or do I like that. I, I noticed that while we were in quarantine, I, I couldn't buy real plants. I mean, I could have, but I, I killed them. So I actually went out and bought a whole bunch of like new plants and like kind of tidied up and moved some things around. So it felt like it was a new space, but I was using what I had. I just went on to Amazon and ordered fake plants and had them delivered. And then I just kind of rearranged things and then I, I know this is really not a necessary thing either, but it made me feel better. And I went out to a Pottery Barn sale and bought new pillow covers uh -huh. just yeah. to like bring a little bit of a different space where I felt like it was just for me, but to like re-energize me. So sure. I knew I needed something. I just didn't know what it was. And then yeah. I created the podcast, <laughs> Live with Dawn Marie. And I'm like, yeah. I still want to connect. I yeah. want to be able to have that human connection when I feel like I'm stuck. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah. And, and then it's awareness, isn't it? All yeah. the time. Of, of, and also whether you're slipping into think, habits that are going to bring you down. And just taking those little steps, as you say, to go, no, I'm just going to change something here. I'm just going to change mm -hmm. this my state here and just see how that helps yeah. emotionally. And it did. But it really helped. I mean, I'm exhausted, but it helped. And it kept me like in another new zone of something fresh and new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. That, that I could control within this tight mm -hmm. environment. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it is, I mean, it is control. And I think that's often, you know, when something happens in our home that mm -hmm. we feel out of, control of or something great. I mean, you were talking about, about leaking pipes and things like that. It, ah, that feeling out of control, it sort of triggers things within you, doesn't it? It's just being aware of what it's triggering and... I know. called you crying. Yeah. I'm like, I need your help. <laughs> In the middle of quarantine, um, we found out we had black mold from a brand new shower that yeah. we had just built two years ago where the piping was not sealed properly. And my entire home we came from two people to seven people with all the children coming home. And then we had to deal with a major mold yeah. issue. And that threw me over the edge. So now I've got seven of us plus an entire team of people I don't know. Half of them, each day was a different person. 
house was completely ripped apart. Yeah. My daughter's life was ripped apart living in our dining room and there was just dust and like mold stuff and we had like masks on and I literally thought I was going to go into a really bad set of depression and I kind of think I did at one point during that time frame. Like I had no control over anything during that. So that's kind of like what we said in the very beginning. When you go into the home, what is the actual interior part that you need and what is the mental part that you need? Yeah. And yeah. that to me was a mental part of me that I I really like things in their place. And that's yeah. a, that's my problem. Like I shouldn't have to subject everybody else to it. So how do we handle that? Yeah, well, I guess it's that kind of going back to, well, what actually is the reality of the situation? I think we talked about that. Yeah. So it's, well, the reality is, yes, this has um, this has happened. This is really upsetting, unsettling. I'm worried. It's, it's woken up these fears of kind of caring for my child here because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not good for our health. But the reality is I'm still in a home. I'm, you know, my daughter has got another room she can sleep in. Mm-hmm. It's, it, this is temporary. It will get better. I'm still surrounded by people I love and can talk to and everything, you know, there's lots of other things that are going okay. So it's a case yeah. of then just going, actually, no, this this is okay. And this is what I'm going to mm-hmm. Those steps. Oops, sorry. No, it's okay. Um, taking then the step, looking yeah. at what you're going to do. It's getting to that future view, isn't it? It's like, it will be okay again. Yes. Temporarily. And I, I literally, I, I was, my face was so swollen. I was crying to you over the phone and we walked through my home and you're like, okay, it's just temporary. You're, it's yeah. going to work out. But we all have that fear yeah. that what yeah, if, okay. right? But we can't yeah. live like that. We can't live with the what ifs. And that's also where yeah. you come into play where the interior part of your business and the life coaching part of the human psyche of, mm-hmm. well, what if the lamp breaks? It's just a lamp, mm-hmm. but what did it mean to that person and how do I replace that yeah. longing, yeah. right? And, and also it kind of brings up different things for different people. And as you say, for you, it was about loss of control. For other people, the idea of having to get their bathroom um, refitted would have been kind of, they'd been, this is expense. Am I insured? Where, for them, it will take them down to you know another path about sort of what their concerns are financially. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's yeah. just trying to be aware of why you're reacting and own that. That's okay. That's it's absolutely okay to feel that. Um, it's it's honest, but it's then that going. Well, let's just stick in what's real. What's the actual act happening here, and how can I take action to to move forward? So yeah, because you then re- turned it on its head to you, and yeah, you know, yeah. Well, we're back to normal. The house is back to normal, and you know, there you go. yeah. And we just start, decided to turn the garage into a gym. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what advice? Working from home, you work from home, and self. Um, isolation would you give to someone that is we know we're going back into that situation again like we already learned from the first part of what's happening and here in the United States the coronavirus is getting worse again so 
we now are like, okay, we got to brace ourselves. So what is, how do we react to the next set of quarantine to help us within our home and our online psyche and as a family? How do you talk to your family? Wow. That's quite, that's a big question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, I guess it it stems back to that awareness, Mm -hmm. really. What you said we've all learned from before. What have we learned? So I guess that's a question. What have we learned about spending time together? Mm -hmm. You know, was there anything that we didn't resolve? You know, or actually did we, we we found a way of of rubbing up along each other um, and it worked okay. Yeah. Um, or do, you know, um, now we're going back into it and this may be an ongoing backwards and forwards. What what do we need to do differently? So I don't, I mean, what did you, what did you learn from the first time around? And what did your family learn, do you think? Uh, in the beginning, we were like, oh my God, we're all in the same house. This has like been years since this has happened. And we actually took those first few weeks thinking it was only going to be two or three weeks. And we enjoyed it. And yeah. we got reacquainted. And it was great. And then it was yeah. like, oh, it's been four weeks. Like, I always say, company is like fish. <laughs> Right. After three days, it stinks and it's got to get thrown away. <laughs> so I, I, if I'm going to have a bunch of people around me, and this is my personal issue. So we're, we're talking about this like psyche problem uh-huh. of mine. Um, if you're going to come into the house and you're going to do something, uh, get it done. Take uh-huh. care of your own stuff. Don't expect uh-huh. that you're moving back to mom. And right. mom's going to do it. Like it, like my laundry room became a nightmare again. And I don't know whose stuff is what, but certainly not mine because I only do my laundry. I don't do anyone else's laundry anymore. So going yeah. into the next set of quarantine, I think that I would sit down and have a family meeting mm-hmm. with everyone that is going to be quarantined with us again yeah. and say, these are the boundaries. Yeah. And if you're in the kitchen doing this at that time, um, you need to take care of this, this, and this because... Yeah you're stressing everybody else out when you're just yeah. focusing on you. So you have to like really, really treat it like a business, like, like a clock in and clock out and responsibility for what your actions are and how are you affecting everybody else in the home. And I yeah. think it has to be a real life talk. And if you're by yourself, you have to say, okay, well, what did I not like about being mm-hmm. In lockdown, and what can I do to prepare for the next one? Yeah, and I guess on in your situation, if you think it was a house or human, is you know obviously I'm, I've I've seen your utility room, um, so or your laundry room, um, <laughs> so I know it functions. So it's not a house issue. You have beautifully functioning. So, so it is a, a human issue. It's so a it, human issue. It's me. And guess, yeah, and I guess it's about um, also not blaming each other it's just about what being honest on what I need from you now is this to happen at, at this time and and also asking the question about what do you need from me you know mm-hmm. how can I help and then and having that open dialogue which I know is really difficult in in a lot of families but um just sometimes a simple question of how can I help you I'd really appreciate if you could do this yeah um, then then hopefully that goes some way um, to help. I mean, I know there are people in all sorts of dire situations within their home, and 
and I'm not I wouldn't sort of say oh that's easy to resolve then just ask this question but yeah. where you can yeah to just take that control of saying let's just have a chat how can we make this work for everybody and and make the who what where when you know who needs to do what where and when and then if there's sort of um overlap with who needs to do what where and when it's um okay well what's essential and then what would be nice to have so try and sort of break it down so that you can sort of fit um everybody's um sort of needs into the situation and get them addressed i suppose yes true so i think i'm gonna have to make a board a vision uh-huh. board of um who what where when needs to do their own personal things yeah potentially if that works yeah. if, if it's the regular thing i mean it I depends what kind of work people are doing i guess but um yeah, if, if there are regular days when people need certain things, and I think having a commitment to that and honouring yeah. each other's requirements, why not? But equally, just having a uh, sort of a team, uh, you know, a team to share kind of board <laughs> of like, this is what, this is what lockdown's going to be from us, this is what we all need from each other, and just having those words, you know, just somewhere, um, mm-hmm. and just to keep reminding each other of, of, of that and just it is temporary you know but what is real here we still have each other in a lovely home in a lovely part of the world and you know we can move around so let's keep that keep the positives and the gratitude you know yes. going and and I guess to I'm thinking of Maui and, and one of the things Peter Crone was saying is we don't know what's going to happen exactly so it's kind of like you know that whole thing about um a pessimist just suffers twice where we may as well just be optimistic we may as well just be you know moving forward we don't know what's going to happen let's go on as as, on today to make each other work for each other support each other hear hear what each other needs um and listen listen to each other yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think and respect those boundaries yeah i have a thing that um you, you you brought up peter crone and um I used to always think I was thinking of my response to uh-huh. what you were talking about. Now yeah. I listen and yeah. hear the vibration of the voice and what you what they're trying to express and then I respond. So I think yeah. if maybe you're alone in the house or a flat or you're now joining a new family because of quarantine issues or health issues or whatever is going on, instead of trying to think of the response, really look in the mirror at yourself. I call it mirror therapy. I do it all the time. Um, and I talk to myself. Like if I know it's a bad day, I'm like, okay, you. I'm just like, like I'm looking at you and talking to you, but I'm actually talking to me. Uh-huh. And saying, okay, you had a tough day yesterday. What happened? Why? And why did you explode? So today we're not yeah. going to do that. Today we're going to yeah. focus on the beautiful flower you saw. Or we're going to read something positive and focus on the positive of the mindset versus I have aches and pains or I'm not feeling well. Or, oh my gosh, so-and-so got the virus. What if I was around her? You know? And it's just... um really analyzing how you look at life and are you more on the negative versus the positive like yeah we're dealing with a lot of negative right now so i think the more that we look at the positive 
will help us move forward. And that's what I learned through that entire quarantine process and what I continue to learn every day. But then I still call you. (laughs) I I need help. (laughs) Where anybody in the world, by the way, all of you, you can go on to um, Sarah's Instagram and on her, her link down below is her website where you can go in and look at what you offer. So why don't we talk about that? Okay. Your website and what you offer for people that are listening today or may watch this tomorrow or next week and yeah. now they need your help. Okay. Well, what I always offer to start with is a sort of half an hour sort of no obligation conversation just to see what mm-hmm. you know, people might need with I might be able to help. But where I always start is with um, a, a tour of the home. So okay. and I use what I call the cohesive living wheel. Now, I haven't actually invented the wheel. Lots of coaches would use what they would call the wheel of life, which sort of um, basically is a circle with different, okay. different sections on. And those sections that would normally be on there would be things like career and um, personal life, financial, um, uh, maybe personal growth, development, health, things like that. And people would rate them from 0 to 10. But what I've added into it, so as I say, I've, I've not invented it, I've just tweaked it a bit. Um, I've added in um, other elements like uh, home aesthetics, rating how you know aesthetically happy you are with your house, mm-hmm. um, and uh, also home functionality, how it's working on a practical level for you. And also one of the key things for me is I call home heart, which is sanctuary and springboard. How much is your home a sanctuary, a place you feel safe in, but also a place that motivates you as a springboard to get you back out into the world again and doing what you need to do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So we do that. So people will show me around their home and they'll talk to me about the different rooms and how they feel about them and what they look like, what they like, what they don't. And then we'll do the wheel, the cohesive living wheel. And at the end of it, you kind of get this very visual pattern. Um, I'll just see if I've got one. I have one here. I won't sort of, I'll only just flick it up, but you get something like this. Oh, wow. Okay, so, so that was like a large black spot and little. So. The different bits will be the different elements. So you've got a visual and you go, you start to see, oh, hang on a minute, that's interesting. Um, hmm. the, it's the aesthetics of my home really aren't working here. Um, but I'm really happy with this side of, of my life and how it's going. But that's interesting. That might, it's not functioning very well. And yeah. actually, you know, by the web work size, I haven't got space for work. You get to start to talk about the different elements and how they're overlapping. And people start to then make connections about whether it's things in their home could support some of their other goals. So even little things like um, if someone scored very low, for example, on physical well-being, you know, I'm just mm-hmm. not exercising in enough. And, well, actually, then we look at, um, well, like, well, yeah, my kit. I can never find my kit. My bedroom's disordered. I haven't got, my drawers don't work. It, little things that you can change on a functional level to just make it easier to do something physically. If that make, does that make sense? Yes. That's a very, and even things like someone went, oh, well, my physic, um, you know, I'm, I'm not eating great. I, I'm, I'm just snacking. I'm like, well, the, the kitchen cupboards are overflowing and it's not a nice place to be. Then you can actually, well, if I make my kitchen space a, a much better path, I sorted that out, I ordered it, I could have my healthy options here and I could help, you know, I could make 
help my kitchen help me to make good choices around nutrition and so much so do you see how that sort of overlaps so Mm-hmm. Basically, I'd spend about two hours with someone going through all those different things, seeing what was coming up for them, and at the end of that, coming away with a plan. I love that. that. They, they can then run with it. Might be thanks very much, Sarah. That's great. I've opened my eyes to what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I'm good to go. Or they might say, "Okay, um, I'm going to need your help with that. Actually, it's about my mindset. So let's do a bit of coaching." Or no, I need some. I, I can see what you mean. I need to do something with my living room, but I haven't got a clue. So we then look at an interior design room, if yes. that makes sense. Yes. So, so that always starts the same way. And then from there, it's very much bespoke as to what people need and how long they would need my support for. Okay. So they can go online and um, send you a note today. And yeah. this is what I really didn't like about life in general in my environment um how can we move forward and then okay now let's talk about instead of the objects and the things that surround me you can also help them move forward with how does it affect me yeah yeah mentally from from physical health to mental health to control issues to yeah uh, everything and it's, or just keeping them accountable to do those jobs that they need to do to make yeah. their home a nicer place to be in. Sometimes yeah. having someone else there to go, have you have you spoken to the decorator yet? Or, you know, have you mm-hmm. made that list of calls or whatever it is? Yeah. Um, it's that sort of accountability that either way. But we always start in the same place and then it becomes very much bespoke. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I, I've always constantly move things around in my house and I don't I never really knew why um but I can just sit in a room for an hour and I'm like okay this is really bothering me but why is this bothering me so that's a difficult thing to understand Mm -hmm. yeah 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 so having you is incredible because you've got both the, the psyche part and the feng shui interior design beautiful part the the prettiness but you also get down to the what's really happening yeah, yeah I, want to, I always want people to live in a home that they love being mm-hmm. um in and it helps them live the life they want to live yeah so do you so, find um as an interior designer that color brings a lot of different personalities uh, yes and no. I don't, the thing for me is all about, it's more about tone, tone. of color than okay. color itself. I find, I mean, there are certain colors that definitely you wear towards if you want a more soothing environment and things, but um, I, I think sometimes it's the, the tone of the color. So, you know, when you have um, the color chart samples, yeah. you go well, like, they're bright blue here and it goes gradually down to Yes, a, a you did a post. Blue. About the movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Once you, yeah. And you did the colors, um, and I was like, wow, I don't even remember doing that, and I studied this. <laughs> so explain that. Well I, well, I think that was, um, I think I just re- sort of shared something like that. I, did, I just loved it. Um, I think that was Julux, so a paint company, who just said, what's your, which scene just strikes to your color combination? Yes. And it sort of, I think it was the film Emma was one of the combinations. It was. It was an intriguing and amazing movie, Emma. And when I saw that on your post, but with the color tones, I was just like, 
interesting. Wow. Yeah. Because I think often, um, I know you're talking more about personalities, but I think from the point of view in a home, you you can go one or two ways to create a flow. Because I, I like the idea of a flow through a home so that it feels together. And a way of doing that is you can have lots of different colors, but if you have them all at the same tonal level, it will flow. Mm -hmm. So you could have, you know, even if you love the bold colors, you could have bright purple, deep purple in one room, deep orange in another, deep turquoise in another. Um, I mean, you've got to, got to love that look, but it works mm -hmm. as a whole because you go with, you're staying at that same tonal level. Yes. Whereas if you've got one room was like bright, shocking neon yellow or something, and another room was sort of all peaching, it kind of doesn't necessarily flow as well. I mean, if you like it, I don't mind. You know, if you love your home, that's yeah, you, you go with it. But um, you know, generally, if I was putting one together, it would be a bit more of a flow, and there'd be a theme of either one colour throughout, different tones, so that's your connection, or different colours of the same tone. Um, but yeah, they definitely build mood, and you do need to think about that. But I think sometimes people say, "Well, I don't, I can't have blue, or I don't like blue." But actually, if you think about how we want the room to feel... Airy I, and what, light. What I, what I hope is when people walk in a room, they don't notice the colour, they notice the feeling. The warmth so, of the room, yeah. So if someone walks in, you could have said, someone might have said, you know, they could have said three days ago, right, it was a complete surprise, I hate yellow. But they walk in this room and go, oh, this feels amazing. And then it's not until about 20 minutes later, you go, oh, it's a tone of yellow. But because it was the right tone for the right space created the right feel yeah um that's more important than the actual sort of color no that's not to say um that's not to say i would ignore someone who said they didn't like it but the way i work is very much sort of organic and evolve with the person so they're very much empowered to sort of make choices but yeah. it is interesting that you could go and i say i love that room over yeah. there and it's like i don't like green that room's beautiful it? yeah exactly yeah. Um, I actually, I re, when we redesigned the entire house, um, when I was paralyzed, um, we, everything had to become like a certain surface and colors and I needed a lot of light and I wanted to be grounded. So we went with, um, sand colors, um, soft, like just, this is just like a taupe, but, um, downstairs in the actual full living space is the ocean blue of er, like all tones of blue and a lot of white and then the floors are all the same they're wood but every every plaque of the wood is a different tone of wood we actually had it shipped over and they change color depending on how much you stand in that one spot yeah, and so it, it just kind of feels like the earth is grounding me Yes. And yeah. so the entire down from the beginning to the end, even into the backyard, is the same way. And yeah. then the fake plants on the inside of the house. Um, and then every now and then I love to have like a little splash color. And I thought, okay. And it's usually always blue and yellows and just like the outdoors. Like yeah. outdoors centers me. It grounds yeah. me. And, yeah. it connect and it feels like it connects me to the world. Yeah. So I and wanted I that feeling. Yeah, go back to the point about how, you know coping with lockdown again. Mm -hmm. if, if you haven't got outdoor space, if you can get some natural um, material into your home, yeah. yeah, even if it's sort of a you know just a piece of wood that you 
picked up on a walk or, you know, um, if you can't keep flowers, you know, alive, which I can't, but, you know, just having green <laughs> or having images of natural things as mm-hmm. well. And yeah. Those, those do help to calm and, and to ground, as you say. So it's just bringing a bit of that outside. Indoors. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're in a flat or a massive, you know, being in New York City and a huge condo, you're locked up in the condo and yeah. there's really not a lot of um, outdoorsiness. So mm-hmm. you can also put on, um, we downloaded, I'm sure a lot of people have it. You can just, your TV keeps playing like the same kind of like loop. And you can choose, like, a fireplace or a mountain scene or the ocean. Well, I always, like, hit the ocean. (laughs) Yeah. I need need some water. I need the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that would be something that I would do more Mm -hmm. if coming into the next one. Constantly having, if I'm not, because I don't watch TV at all until late at night. And I I think I would turn the ocean thing on more. Yeah. Just so I walk by, and it kind of feels like, oh, there's the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, with, oh, I think we got through pretty much every single question. Um, how, how are you going to handle the next lockdown? Well, uh, how is it over there in the UK? Are you guys doing better? Um, well, at the moment, we're kind of transitioning, in theory, down to a slightly more eased situation. But I think um, it's really so that certain businesses can open up. And I think people have kind of gone, um, oh, well, now we can all be one metre apart from each other. Whereas actually what we need, that we are, what they're saying is we still need to be two metres mm-hmm. unless we have to be one metre. So, mm-hmm. you know, hairdressers can open, but obviously... If you're going to be closer, you have to be mitigated. You have to have the uh, masks on and things like that. So I, I think it's a wait and see at the moment. There's mm-hmm. been obviously some big crowd events, and you wait to see whether something, any kind of spike is going to come from that. There's been our first local lockdown of a, a town in the Midlands. So, um, yeah. But I mean, from my personal point of view, I'm I'm very lucky. Obviously, there's you know concerns, the concerns about sort of. Um, business and work for myself and husband my husband but you know we're very lucky we're in a house which has space you know we have a garden and the weather's been incredibly kind over here so you know I feel you know I'm I'm very mindful of everything that's going on but I think we're just trying to sort of enjoy and embrace the fact that the four of us we've eaten dinner together I mean we're two teenage daughters we've eaten dinner together Mm-hmm. more in in lockdown than I think we have done in the last what, three or four years or something. So, right? so sort of yeah. not getting, you know, to be social with their friends and things as teenagers would love to be. But I'm seeing it as I'm trying to get, take the positives from it really. And, you know, embrace what's lucky and just sort of not assume the worst for the other bits, just trying to move forward. Yeah. Move forward. Just keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And as you embrace the things that lockdown has actually brought up for a lot of people yeah yeah so yeah i don't know well all i can say is let's this is the year to learn 2020 (laughs) is the year of learning and self-discovery and not worrying about what if it's live in the Mm. now 
and listen more and respect what someone else needs and help them get to the next level. And then if you're needing that help, ask for the help. Yeah. Yeah. And don't be ashamed. Yeah, it has brought um, people together in Mm -hmm. ways that they wouldn't normally have come together. So there have been a lot of positives. Um, It's just trying to keep that balanced, you know, amongst everything else that's going on. Yeah. So, I mean, I learned stuff about my children that I thought I knew everything until they came back home. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I, I think just... we're supposed to know everything about our children, are we? Much as we want to, I don't think we're supposed to. <laughs> True, but there's things I didn't even know about myself until lockdown. Well, that's, that's, that's definitely good. So, I, you know, I just, I decided to just take the time to re-examine me along with how to deal with everything else and... Yeah, and I learned that I'm still a control problem. I like to control things, and as much as I know I can't control them, that's something I have to constantly, like, relearn. Well, I suppose it's kind of maybe flipping that and seeing what are the positives about wanting to be in charge of stuff. I get things done in certain ways. Maybe you can reflip it and not see it as a problem and see it, try and reflip it into maybe what, what in that is is helpful and what isn't yes and maybe you know, there's, there's something healthy helpful in in there somewhere it's not always a negative is it so. it's not always a negative and you know I guess but I know that that is me that's my personality you know it, it's but I have to acknowledge it and realize it and mm-hmm. realize not everybody has to conform to it or maybe it's, yeah or maybe it's, it's a learned behavior to certain situations and it might, it might not necessarily be you exactly. It's maybe it's just a learned behavior to certain situations. Yeah. So we've got one minute and 52 seconds left oh, for wow. our live. What would you like to talk about? Oh, my goodness, me. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that we have not brought up that you would love to discuss? What? Not brought up. Oh, goodness me. We have covered so much ground, haven't we? We have. We've covered a lot <laughs> of ground. I think um, I'd actually be really, I'd just really love to hear back from um, uh, all the viewers. How they're, how they're finding home for them over lockdown. I'm really interested because obviously I, I know about what I'm, you know, the people I'm talking to, what I'm gauging, but. I've been really fascinated by people's insights too of what they've found, what they've become aware of, what they've discovered about their homes and their humans. <laughs> you know, which how are they interacting, how have they helped each other, what things have helped and what have hindered. So yeah, yeah if, if people are happy to sort of um, you know, share that with me, I'd I'd love to hear they can send me a message. Yeah. Um, so everybody go to Sarah's Instagram, you can DM her or go straight to your website. Yeah, that's cohesiveliving.com. Cohesiveliving.com. And um, if you missed any part of this interview, you, you can go on to Live with Domery on Apple Podcast and Spotify Podcast. And in that, I will have all the links that you need to get straight to Sarah at her and her website to help you get through life's everyday acceptance, <laughs> challenges, and awareness towards a positive life. Thank you. You're welcome. It was amazing and so good to see you. You 
you too. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate your time. Pleasure. And Pleasure. good luck, and we'll stay in touch.